Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hello and welcome to episode 145 of Geek Town Radio. We're back this week with... Ross, how are you doing? Good evening, Good evening Dave. How are you? You very well? I'm very well. I'm very well. I look forward to hearing that little uh, sting every time. It's great. Big fan. Yes, yeah. Well, it's Batman. Classic Batman. You can't not classic Batman. <laughs> someone someone was talking to me about, um, if you speak funnily enough, speaking about that, um, about, uh, you know, when he's trying to get rid of the bomb and there's like a whole five minute segment of him not throwing yes. it in various places. Some days, you, stuff, some days you can never find anywhere to get rid of a bomb, yes. <laughs> never the line is, yeah. but... Uh, like <laughs> yeah, it's a great film, that. So uh, what have you been up to the last few weeks? It's been about five weeks since you've been on. It has, it's the start of January, yeah, you're right. Um, it's been a very Netflix-centric month um, yes, for us. For me, uh, great, yeah. great, Grace and Frankie came, I think it came back the last time we talked, or it was back or, or yeah. something. Um, we got through season four, um, again, consistently really good. Don't worry, Dave, it's not going anywhere, you've got time to catch a player. <laughs> yes, still not caught it up with it yet, so yes. <laughs> uh, also on um, something that, that we've been catching up with every week is The Good Place, which finished this oh, week um, yeah. isn't really a good place it ends really well very yes. impressed yeah um, such a good show that I think I, we've had this conversation before about how a lot of sitcoms go from a situation something happens back to that situation and they yes. run off this normative line whereas good place is progressive and carries on the story and you yeah know, uh, yeah and that doesn't always happen with sitcoms so it's really good um, yeah it's almost not a situational comedy. It's more of a no, drama no, comedy. No, it is. But. Yeah, it is. It it evolves every season to something different. And it sort of had to after the end of the first season, you know. Um, yeah, but, well, this, uh, this season, um, the end was very interesting. Very excited to see next season. Yeah, yeah. They're doing mm. some very clever writing on that show. I, re- if you if you're into comedy, a uh, good place is is well worth watching. It's superb. Yeah. Um. Uh, speaking of next seasons, uh, jumping down a bit, uh, we got a few su- uh, Super Bowl trailers last night. Last night was the Super Bowl, or I suppose Sunday night for whenever you're yes. listening. Yes, whenever you're uh, listening to this. One of the more exciting ones I thought was Westworld 2. Westworld season 2 is coming back in, I think it was April yeah. or something. Yes, uh, uh, it's it's April, I think it's April 23rd. I should know, I posted about it this morning. <laughs> uh, yeah, it is April 23rd at 2am it will air over here because it's being simulcast with the US. Yeah. So, uh, And then it'll be like 9 or 10 o'clock in the, later on that day as well for those of you that are watching it live in yeah, the well, UK. Well, there we are. So yeah, um, that's coming back. We saw all the usual cast of characters. We didn't see um, Anthony Hopkins, um, I think. And I, I read a, a rumour after the end of the first, uh, I don't 
don't know whether to. Can we spoilers for the end of the first season of Westworld to avoid that? Yeah, just be aware that there is a spoiler coming, I think. Well, yeah, um, they're not sure. I, I heard a rumour that we weren't sure whether he was going to be back or not. Yes. But uh, we haven't seen him yet. Uh, but we have seen, um, oh, what's his name? Is it Ed Harris? Yeah, so we know. My, my favourite of that first season was Ed yeah. Harris. He's fantastic. Ed Harris, we know he's back. Evan Rachel Wood, we know he's back because she's Andy in Newton, the... Definitely yes. in Sandy Newton's definitely in there. Yeah, the trailer's fantastic because it's uh, Evan Rachel Wood sort of doing the voiceover and uh, the the um, hosts seem very much in full revolt in that trailer. Yeah, and we see the we see the the I suppose the buffalo or bison running through and the you know mowing down some uh, some pe- real people. <laughs> Different difference between a buffalo and a bison. Go on, there isn't one. Can't wash your hands in a buffalo. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> Could you put some sort of sting over that? Some sort of <laughs> I need a sort of brutish. <laughs> that was fantastic. Yes, good. Um, so that was great. And um, we also got uh, loads of movie trailers, including a, a quick Infinity War teaser uh, and a solo teaser as well, both of which are coming out later this year. I think they're both uh, spring, summer, if I'm not wrong. I'm not sure about Infinity War. Infinity War is definitely summer. Solo is. Oh, there you go. Um, um, I remember seeing on the solo trailer, it's it Memorial. Day, which is the t- I've just looked up as the 28th of May. Yeah, it, I believe it's the 25th of May over here. It's coming out slightly oh. earlier in, in the UK. Um, which is is usually what happens with the Star Wars films. We sometimes get them a few days earlier. Yeah. So, um, the, the yeah, I really like the look of, of uh, Solo. Really yeah. interesting. I, I I I don't know. I don't know if I'm I'm up for it. I mean, it's it's fine. But Millennium Falcon looked different, which is good. Yeah, Millennium Falcon. I mean, I it appears to have apparently that bit at the front because it's the bit at the front yes. where the two bits stick out is actually filled in. But apparently that's because it's carrying something which we've never seen it do before. So oh, right. okay. um, it's supposed to have a container that goes in the front of it, and usually right. it's not got it in. But uh, apparently well, in this yeah. it has. So It will be interesting to see because all, all we've seen ever of the Millennium Falcon is a sort of slightly beaten up looking yeah. ship. Um, bits missing and bits don't work and it'd be and nice to see full capacity. Yeah, full capacity, brand new. There is some lovely shots of like, you, you know, there's a corridor shot which is inside the Millennium Falcon. That's and right. it's kind of all white and stuff. And, uh, I, you know, that that sort of stuff. I've seen a fairly mixed reaction to, to the trailer of some people going, yeah, I'm not sure, but I, I'm quite hyped for it. I have faith that it will be a decent film, so uh, I, yeah, I I'm looking forward to it. And uh, it's got Amelia Clark in it, which is always a plus for me. And uh, right. it's got Donald Glover in it, and Donald Glover looks incredible at Lando covers and doesn't say yeah. anything in the trailer, but still looks amazing. So I like yes. that he was wearing some sort of uh, like a, a fur cloak. It looked like, and you know, he, he yeah, seemed yeah. to be that sort of flamboyant character in, in Empire Strikes yeah. Back. And that's good. Good to have a little faith faithfulness to that because obviously um, Lando's not that big a. He was only in two movies, and I don't think he was in that much of, but still quite a well-loved character. So it's uh, interesting yeah, to see. Yeah, and, a bit and more it, actual development. Yeah, and and I mean, uh, we assume that during this, we're going to see him lose the Millennium Falcon to Han. Yes, because because sort of he is. It, that, yes, he, the, he. It is his ship. Presumably, when it starts, it's his ship. Mm. So, uh, and he's certainly the one piloting it in the trailer. So, uh, yeah. 
Yeah. Yes, we'll see. Then uh, we watched a movie the other night um, that you've seen too, I think, The Big yes. Sick with yes. Karan Manjani. Yeah, it's just a brilliant film. Really good fun. Yeah, um, terrific. And interesting um, and uh, funny, well-written. Just loved it. If, if I'd have seen it last year when it came out, I think it might have been one of, if not my favourite movie of last year. Yeah. I think my, my standing favourite movie is, is was Spider-Man. Yeah. But The Big Sick was it's very special, very, very special movie. Uh, I gave it five stars when I, I uh, reviewed it because we got sent a review copy of it. And uh, what's so lovely about it as well is it's the fact that it's a kind of version of a true story as well. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, and it just, it feels it feels very personal. It feels like it's so considered and thought out that you, you'd feel, even if you didn't know it's sort of a, yeah. that he's been through a lot, you yeah. sort of feel like it, it, it's oddly, eerily accurate that yeah. that seems like what might be happening. And what was interesting is he, he wrote it with his wife and yeah. uh, in writing that pro in writing through that process they started discussing it more than they ever had mm. and were starting to realize that their ideas of events were slightly different and stuff as well right. so which is kind of interesting oh yeah because i mean essentially it's uh it's a guy meets girl girl falls into coma um <laughs> the relationship's slightly rocky in the film and he's sort of not with her at that point but ends up meeting her parents for the first time while yes. she's in the coma and it's sort of how that relationship between him, his girlfriend, and the yeah. parents sort of develops together. But uh, and both of the parents are great. It's uh, Ray yeah. Romano and Holly Hunter, and they're yeah. really good. And they're fantastic. Yeah, really, yeah. really good. Such a good film. Well worth going to watch if you've uh, not caught it. But that's the it's big on Amazon Prime now as well, which is right. Okay. Watch. Oh, is it? Is it? Yeah. So it's the, absolutely free if you've already got Amazon Prime. <laughs> yeah. But uh, the big sick that is, and it's it's just brilliant. Really, yeah. really good. Um, my last piece you might have talked about already. I'm not sure. I think it was this last week, possibly but it might have been earlier than that but uh, Red Dead Redemption 2 has a date an actual release date yeah I can't, I can't remember whether we mentioned this last week but yes because it's got moved it's been pushed back which is yeah. sort of inevitable I was going to uh, say that's but, standard Rockstar fair but yeah that's that's pretty standard for Rockstar uh, but they have moved it back and given it an actual deadline which is uh, October the 26th so I'm very much looking forward to that coming out Definitely. don't expect anything to be posted on October the 26th because <laughs> I will be playing right, right, Red Dead 2 or the 27th or the 20th maybe just clear that whole week just yeah, don't yeah, worry yeah, about yeah. that yeah. week <laughs> I, have a, I bet the 26th is a Friday, so so you know that weekend definitely there won't be anything. But, yeah, uh, looking forward to that, and hopefully, hopefully it will come out on that date because you know, as you, as, as we know, Rockstar have a, a tendency to move things back. Yeah, yeah. My my main gaming thing actually up until fairly recently has been Subnautica, which after after 126 hours of playing over the past couple of years, I finally completed because uh, Subnautica has been one of those games which has been on uh, early access for two, yeah. three years. So it's been around for a while and I've been playing it on and off for two or three years and uh, they finally released version one today. So the full release or rather last week, I think it was. Uh, so that that's finally gone into, into full release. One of the things they missed off the early release game was the ability to actually complete it. So <laughs> the final sequence to actually get you off the planet, because right. it's, it's a standard sort of survival thing, except you're crashed in water. So yes, you, you're this, underground. Okay, carry on. Yes. I've, I know this game. Yes. So, so you're, uh, you're, you're swimming around underwater, but the, uh, the final ability to actually, Actually rescue yourself and get off the planet that had always been locked out so you mm -hmm. couldn't build any other things to do that 
So um, when I knew this was coming, uh, I actually started I started another playthrough for a bit and then restarted again when they released the full version of it. Oh. Um, I, it, it is one of the best survival games you'll ever play. There's no zombies in it. There are enough like jump scares in it but not stupid zombie jump scares sure it's not like a horror horror game yeah it's not like a horror horror game you're basically you can build yourself bases you've got to find food and uh Ooh. you know drinkable water and that sort of stuff to keep yourself going there are bits of land which you can find but they're very sparse there are other things to discover and you need to build yourself uh, ships and stuff so you can get deeper and deeper into underwater in the planet honestly it is one of the best survival experiences I've had in a game platform. It's utterly addictive. It's really great fun. It's very, very rare that I will go back and play through those sort of games. And I've yeah. I've restarted that game three times over the course of its development cycle. You know, rather than just going back and thinking, oh, where am I? I've actually thought, no, I'm enjoying this. I'll just go and start again yeah. and, and rebuild stuff. I, I can't recommend that game highly enough. It's a full five-star game. And it's a little independent game, you know, uh, but yeah. they've done a phenomenal job developing it. It's, and it seems uh, available everywhere, PS4, Xbox One, yeah, Windows, yeah, yeah. It's Available pretty much across platform on any on everything. I really, really would urge you, if you're into any form of survival game, I would urge you to go out and get it because it's really good fun. There are a few jump scares in there, like I say, because you bump into, you know, some of the fish are aggressive and stuff, sure. but a lot of them aren't. It's a really nice nice simple curve to it you never feel overly pressured just you know wonderful beautiful to look at as well can't recommend it highly enough so uh, yeah go out and buy subnautica if you're uh, if you're a gamer and you want a really good game in terms of tv i've i've been binging through uh, you know along with all the regular stuff that i've been watching like <laughs> things like the good place and you know that sort of thing uh, the two main things that I've I've been binging through, Altered Carbon, which I've actually finished. And, I've heard so much about this, Dave. Carry on. Uh, and Absentia was the other one, which I'm about halfway through. But uh, Altered Carbon is something we've been talking about quite a lot. Uh, it's based on a uh, Richard K. Morgan book, who we interviewed quite a while ago now uh, about the uh, the book and some other stuff that we was doing before we actually knew that it was being made into a TV series. The TV series, if you're a fan of things like Blade Runner or that sort of thing, it's very kind of cyberpunk. It's not a show that you want to be half on your phone watching, you mm. know? It's 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 put all devices and the distractions away. You need to watch it because the storyline jumps around a lot. It gets it gets quite complicated. It's brilliantly written, but it's set in a future where your consciousness is effectively stored in a disc, which is in the back of your neck. So unless something happens to that disc, you can be pulled out and resleeved in another body. Right. So that's the the basic sort of outline line of, of you know setup of of the environment you're in the lead character is somebody that was on the run side of a losing war they're known as envoys and he is uh, captured and put on ice he's then woken up 200 years in, into their future to solve the murder and he's hired by the person that was murdered to solve the guy's own murder. Right. Because <laughs> the guy's sense. got a new body, right? Yeah, because the guy's got a new body, but he's the because of the he's going from an earlier backup, he has no memory of the sort of twenty-four hours leading up right. to his murder. 
So he's pulled out to, to follow that. So you've got people that swap bodies. You've got a lot of different characters. You, you've got, it could have done with a little bit more straightforward explaining maybe of this is the setup. This is how various things work. Right. That would be the only thing because it does get a little confusing at some point and then you suddenly, and, and you're kind of going, okay, I'm not entirely following this. And then uh. it sort of clicks in, but it's one of those things that kind of does doesn't treat the audience like an idiot and, and wants you to sort of follow it and keep up and keep up and keep up. So it's really good though. Really, really solid sci-fi. Very well written. Very entertaining. Satisfactory conclusion. It's 10 episodes long. Each episode's for sort of 40 to minutes to an hour depending mm. you know it's a netflix series so but i would i would definitely recommend you go and watch that if you're into any form of sci-fi i would go and watch that it's really solid I'll check that out though sounds good what's interesting of course is because of the fact you're dealing with characters that can jump into various different bodies it's entirely possible that the guy that's playing the lead in this which is uh, joel killerman from um, suicide squad and the killing might not be the lead for the next of course season. right but because it might still be the same character. It might, yes, it would still be the same character if they go on and do one of the other books, but it wouldn't necessarily be the same actor playing him. So it's got a sort of Doctor Who-esque vibe in it, which is quite useful because it means you're not having to pay the same actor a fortune to come back season after season. Yeah. I mean, yeah, and that, right. it may be that they, you know, there is some reason that that character does come back, but or that actor does come back, but it, it doesn't mean that he necessarily has to. So mm. although the character will still be alive. So it's quite complex as like I say it's not something if you're usually the type of person that has a mobile phone in one hand while you're half watching a show <laughs> don't do that because you will not follow what's going on I feel like you've added this little addendum in just for me Dave because <laughs> yeah, I do it as well and I eventually you know I was I'd get a like email through and look at my phone and look away from the screen for a couple of minutes and go back and like I have no idea what's going on and have to rewind it you know <laughs> yeah, so. I watched we watched The Prestige the other day was in The Prestige yes yeah one of my favorite movies of all time but to get to, to really immerse in in what happens you've got to pay attention i'm watching i'm watching my wife and she's looking at her phone i'm like you've got to get in this man you got to like focus i'm thinking we might do start doing a thing where we um put our phones in a box in another room yeah while we watch yeah um, i i ought to do that as well really because it it is so easy just to pick it up and look at it and then you get drawn into something. So uh, <laughs> yes, definitely put your phone away if you're watching Alter Carbon. And Sensia, which is the other show that I watched, that is uh, Stanakatic's new show, Stanakatic from Castle. If you're expecting this to be in any way Castle-like, don't, because this is most definitely not a drama comedy. This is most definitely full-on drama. It has shades of something like the following to me. Mm. If you remember that um, show we tried on Sky Atlantic over here. It sort of has that kind of vibe to it. It's sort of dark. You've got a woman who is an FBI agent played by Stan Akatic. She is in the very opening minutes of the episode. She's sort of this happy family life gets kidnapped apparently is sort of semi-tortured and held in a box and stuff and disappears for six years then her husband gets her call to say six years later to say this is where she is her husband is also an fbi agent so kind of gets the guys together rushes over there manages to release her she's not entirely sure what's been going on for the last six years she doesn't really have any memory of anything comes back to discover that her husband has remarried which is slightly awkward so uh, 
And as events progress, it starts to become apparent that somebody is trying to frame her for some other abductions that also happened that were similar to hers. Mm. So she was sort of chasing, when she went missing, she was chasing a serial killer and they're now trying to pin a lot of those murders or a lot of the uh, other people that went missing on her, which forces her to go on the run. It's a really kind of interesting idea because you've got somebody who is initially the victim and then is the suspect. It's very different from you know as i say something like castle that we saw really. yeah. it's not that sort of procedural it's much more of a, a drama that sort of unfolds weekly really good very engrossing as i say if you like things like the following or if you like even those sort of scandi noir dramas those sort of things i i think it it's it's kind of in that sort of vein although it it's, looks a bit like an american show you can tell that it got other money behind it it feels more european mm. i mean it's based in america it's actually shot in bulgaria and has a european feel to it you know right so yeah quite different uh, for for this sort of show so uh, i'm well worth watching but that's on amazon prime so if you've got an amazon prime membership it's worth going to look up it's called absentia those would be my two recommendations for this week. Unless you've got anything else you want to put in, we'll move on to some no. TV and film news. Just crack on. TV and film news this week. We'll start with a few air date updates. First of all, Lemony Snicket's series of unfortunate events, they've confirmed will end with its third season, but we've still only had the first season so far. Mm. So, well, you, it, you know, I mean, you're going to run out of source material eventually. Well, that, that's basically, I mean, the, the first, I think there is 14 books and the first yeah, one went something through, like that, yeah. the, the first one went through the first four books. So the next two seasons will go through the next five books each. So uh, the, it was kind of going going to end around about season three or yeah. season four if they stretched out. So I'm rather glad that they're not doing that. I'm glad that they're sort of not trying to rewrite everything and stretch it out. They're actually just keeping to it because the first season of that was such fun. And, yeah. uh, Neil Patrick Harris is just amazing as uh, Count Olaf in that. So um, yes, well worth going to watch it. The next season of that, so season two of that comes on the 30th of March to Netflix. So you've got that to look forward to. And then uh, presumably the third season will be next year sometime. Yeah. So we're uh, one to look out for. Sky Atlantic has picked up Trust, which uh, stars Donald Sutherland and Hilary Swank. It's a um, story of the Getty family. If you've ever been to LA, there is a huge Getty museum and stuff, but uh, they're, they're basically an incredibly wealthy family. There was a kidnapping that happened in the sort of 1970s of the uh, son and who's heir to the Getty oil fortune. Uh, he was kidnapped by, apparently, by the Italian mafia whilst he was in Rome. So it's the story of that. One of the reasons to watch it is the fact that it's the team behind Slumdog Millionaire that are oh. running it. So uh, it's Danny Boyle, Simon Bolfoy, who was the writer of it. Danny Boyle, obviously the director and uh, everything else. He's actually directing mm. the opening three episodes. So it's it's those guys that are the people behind it. Uh, it's uh, I think they've made it for, I'm not sure what the US network was. I think it might be Fox actually, but uh, it's airing on Sky Atlantic over here anyway. It's coming in the spring. We don't have an exact date for it yet, but that looks like it could be quite good. And then a few bits of Suits news. Uh, Suits has been officially renewed for its eighth season, but without Patrick J. Adams, who is going to be leaving the show at the end of the seventh season, along with Meghan Markle, who yeah. uh, found an ex-army helicopter pilot to marry. So... <laughs> 
<laughs> so uh, he's not going to be coming back. He's leaving as well, which is kind of interesting because the entire premise of Suits was yeah. built around his character, was built around Mike. But um, I think it's sort of moved beyond that at this point. I don't know. I love the show and I think it's really cleverly written and, you know, the, just the dialogue snappy and it's fun to watch. I'm slightly worried it might turn into just another lawyer drama, but yeah, we'll see. Well, I, I guess you've got to hope that, that they've built an ensemble big enough and, and interesting enough that, that they well, can they carry are. on with everything. Yeah. yeah, I mean, they are. I mean... All the other main characters are going to be back. The guy that plays Harvey is back. Uh, Lewis, yeah. the guy that plays Lewis is back. Donna is back. So they're all there. They've adding adding in Catherine Hegel, who or Heigl, who I think people will probably know from Grey's Anatomy. That was the main thing she did. I think she's been in a few other things as well. Are but, you kidding uh, me? Knocked up. Uh, yeah, oh yes, and knocked she's up. She's like of the, course. The, the biggest uh, girlfriend slash wife in, the, in like 2005. <laughs> <laughs> yes, knocked up as well, which I have to say, it's a movie I've never seen, but yes. Um, <laughs> you go, it's great. <laughs> yeah, uh, so yes, that's where people will know her from. Yeah. Um, they've also, uh, Dool Hill, who is uh, also coming back, but he's being up to a series regular because he was on a, um, like a reoccurring character who joined as Alex Williams last year. I think he's sort of been put in as the partly as as somebody for Harvey to kind of play against as well. Uh, yeah. So I think that's that's going to be kind of fun and uh, interesting because those two on screen are actually quite good together. So I'm looking forward to seeing more of that. On to other bigger news, we've had a bunch of pilots uh cbs have actually ordered a load of pilots today as well but um the six that we've got here are the cw ones uh cbs just quickly cbs have um ordered a bunch of different things but uh the three sort of headline shows that cbs have ordered are is a tv show of la confidential a reboot of magnum pi and a reboot of cagney and lacy oh man we had tom Selleck though i mean what do you do well as we've said before tom Selleck's not a great actor it's the mustache the mustache is the actor he just <laughs> happens to be attached to tom Selleck. did you see that this is unrelated but I, i'm not sure they, they released a mission impossible trailer and um henry cavill did a facebook post as if it was his mustache talking <laughs> and talking you through the trailer it was really good nice That's awesome. yes definitely definitely that mustache is ridiculous as well the yeah. one that he's got for the uh for the movie oh, but, uh, just to think it's worse though when you see his face i don't know <laughs> oh, oh yes let's not get into that but yeah why why <laughs> The only thing I will say is, is how could it not have been cheaper to shave the moustache off and then pay Mission Impossible whatever it was going to cost to put a moustache on? Like, to start, surely that would have made more sense unless it was, like, written in blood in his contract that he had to have a moustache. Yeah, I'd have done it. If I, was, I think it's Paramount. If I was Paramount or whoever, or Universal or whatever, I'd have gone, no, no, he's not going to no, he's not going to shave his moustache. No, why would, why, why would they do that? It makes no sense. Yeah, I know. Just, but they could just go, no, I'm not doing that. It just seem ridiculous but anyway <laughs> where were we so yes the, those are the ones that those are the couple of the ones that uh cbs have ordered but cw have uh, got six new pilots which we were going to so, go so through just just to check these are all going to cross over with arrow at some point yeah <laughs> probably yeah yeah um so uh, none of them are actually directly superhero-y things directly. <laughs> uh, 
Well, I mean, we've got some sci-fi stuff in there, but none yeah. of them are superhero things. So uh, what they've ordered is a reboot of Roswell, which is based on uh, Melinda Metz's Roswell High Young Adult book series and uh, was also a TV series previously as well. I don't know whether you remember the original Roswell TV series. No, it doesn't ring a bell. Probably in the 90s, I would say, maybe early 2000s or something. Yeah, it's but, a bit uh, early for me, mate. Yeah, yeah, possibly a bit early for you. So the, Do you know who was in that, though? Catherine Heigl. <laughs> really? How about that? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. Oh, well, there you go. Yeah, so Roswell, they're remaking Roswell or making a new version of it. This version, again, is set in Roswell, New Mexico, but they're taking a bit more of a, a, an immigrant stance with this one, which is sort of timely and kind of makes sense. Sure. Uh, so uh, we follow the daughter of an undocumented immigrant who was reluctantly returned to her hometown of Roswell, New Mexico. She's uh, settling back into life when she discovers that her teenage crush, who is now the, one of the local police officers, is actually an alien who's been keeping his uh, unearthly abilities hidden f- secret for his entire life. Uh-huh. So they reconnect, begin to investigate his origins while keeping his alien background a secret. When a violent attack and a government cover-up point to a greater alien presence on Earth, the politics and fear of hatred threaten to expose him and destroy their deepening romance. So it's so it's Man of Steel, yeah? Like, but the TV show. <laughs> yeah, kind of, yeah. So, I mean, it's kind of the same storyline as it was I think it's a slightly different variation in that you've got this immigration element I possibly the characters are a bit older this time around as well I don't yeah. remember watching much of the original show so I'm not sure but uh, but yeah I mean the, the idea of there are aliens among us has been done god knows how many times so uh, that is one of the things they're piloting anyway the next show is called The End of the World as We Know It this one comes from the uh, showrunners behind Powerless the uh, superhero series, which ran for one season. It's a kind of odd story pitch. It's a prison ship which is carrying the universe's most deadly aliens crashes in Southern California. Two young women with bigger dreams than working in a kid's pizza place in the valley are recruited by a space cop to hunt down the escaped criminals who have camouflaged themselves as eccentric Angelinos. So that's the basic premise of... It's based on a book by somebody called Eva Marie Palmer. Rob Thomas, who is the guy behind iZombie, apparently is one of the exec producers behind it. So that gives you the idea of maybe the type of show it is. But it's a particularly odd idea for a pitch. Does it sound a little bit Hitchhiker's Guide? You know, they suddenly crash down and then they're whisked off on this adventure. Yeah, maybe, maybe possibly i i don't know um it could be quite fun i'm assuming it's going to be more comedy than anything I was else gonna say, the most interesting thing there is what so the, this space cop just says you and you come on we're gonna cast these guys and i've, I've i'm indicted i'm yes making you deputy space police and basically that's, that sounds that's fine like, yeah that that basically sounds like what the premise is Get out so, this short um, health and safety evaluation form <laughs> and let's get going yeah just some kind of training maybe but you know. <laughs> give them a badge <laughs> yeah. so uh so we'll but we'll see i mean that that's another thing that they're pitching uh There is a show called In the Dark, which comes from uh, Corinne Kingsbury, who was a writer on the newsroom and a show called Back in the Game. Follows a flawed and irreverent blind woman who is the only witness to the murder of her drug dealing friend. After the police dismiss her story, she sets out with a dog pretzel to find the killer. Why the dog's title? (laughs) Sets out with a dog pretzel to find the killer while also managing her colourful dating life and a job 
she hates at Breaking Blind, which is a guide dog school owned by her overprotective parents. I've got um, two questions about that. Uh, just not not the not the premise, just specifically about the name Breaking Blind. Yeah. My first question is: Is that a Breaking Bad pun? And my I think so, probably, is, yes. If it is, is that in bad taste? <laughs> um, no, I, I mean... It's, I a, mean, it's about a drug dealer, Dave. <laughs> well, yeah, maybe, maybe, but yeah. But it's, uh, Ben Stiller apparently is one of the exec producers on it. So again, that I think it's a sort of comedy thing. Um, who knows? I mean, <laughs> one thing you can say about some of the pilots this year, of you know, there seems to be this mix of either them rebooting things or some quite original interesting ideas yeah. whether they're any good or not is a different matter but there are at least they're thinking a bit outside the box for some of these you know so so i think that's kind of interesting the next one we've got is called skinny dip it's based on a uh, 2004 novel by uh, uh it's based on a 2004 yeah. novel because i'm not going to turn for that guy's name it's going to be Heisen. Maybe? Heisen? yeah, maybe. Heisen. yeah. Heisen. so based on a 2004 novel by carl heisen uh Hi, carl. Just carl, yeah, carl. we'll just call him carl um the show follows a couple who set out what's on a, what seems to be a romantic cruise to celebrate their second wedding anniversary but when the husband tries to kill the wife while they're sailing the oceans she teams up with a, a jaded ex-cop to exact her own twisted brand of revenge under her cheating spouse and winds up uncovering a wider conspiracy in the process. It's written by Russell Friend and Garrett Lerner, who wrote on House and uh, Gently and Glee together. I mean, this sounds a bit like something like Revenge. Yeah, uh, I was uh, thinking, what's the one with, uh, the, with Dawn French in? Delicious. Delicious, that's right. Which I've I've also not watched, but okay, interesting. I mean, I, I don't know. doesn't sound massively original, that one, but <laughs> we'll see. There's one called Playing Dead, which is written by the people behind Mistresses and uh, Jane the Virgin. It's about a mortician and his son who lives are turned upside down with a woman who abandoned them 15 years ago returns and asks them to fake her death. Sure. So, <laughs> so yeah, fine. It's a dramedy. I, I don't know. I don't know how much mileage you're going to get out of that, but there you go. <laughs> Um, and then there's one called Spencer, which is written by April Blair, who wrote on Rain and the Shannara Chronicles. It's inspired by the life of pro footballer Spencer Pacinger, follows the right of a high school football player from South Central LA, who's recruited to play for Beverly Hills High. I mean, in all honesty, I don't think that's ever going to make it over here because it's about pro football. So Yeah, yeah. I think, I think it, yeah, because you've got like, I suppose you've got ballers and what's, what's that, um, the one on Netflix? Um, there's a couple of American football TV shows. Um, yeah. And I, mean, America, I don't know. I don't know if they're amazingly popular. Yeah, American football's getting bigger over here, I guess. So maybe, yeah. but uh, I don't know. Sounds a bit sort of meh. So just just to check with you about all these, Dave, they've gone to pilot, but that doesn't necessarily mean they're going to go to series. Is that right? Yes. So these are our shows which they will be piloting and deciding whether they're going to pick them up or not. So they're so, definitely going to do one. So, so they are definitely going to make one. Yeah. Sometimes they do what 
is called a put pilot, which and a put pilot basically means that they have to pay an enormous amount of money if they don't take that show to series. So that there's more of a guarantee. I don't think any of those are put pilots, so they will definitely make one entirely based on that as to whether they'll make more of them. When they're put pilots, there is much more of a, a higher chance that it will go to series. So yeah, that's the stuff on the CW. Like I say, CB- CBS have also got LA Confidential, Magnum PI, Cagney and Lacey, and they've got a bunch of other things as well they're working on but uh, those are the sort of top ones next story we have is jj abrams returning to sci-fi tv with demimond at uh, hbo which means it will air on sky atlantic over here this is sort of unique in that it's the first time since Fringe that Abrams himself has actually involved, been involved with the creation of the series. He's been exec producer on like a whole bunch of things, but this is the first time he's actually been involved in co-creating the, or creating the show. So um, there's not much about the drama itself other than they're saying it's an epic and intimate sci-fi fantasy. It centers around a world's battle against a monstrous and oppressive force. The title translates, it's it's a French word, it, it, Demimonde is a French word, it translates literally into meaning half-world. So it sounds like, yeah, I don't know, sounds like maybe there is some sort of world crossover thing going on again, but he sort of did that in Fringe, so who knows. But I mean, the reason to be excited about it is the fact that it's Abrams, it's him back on TV, it's him actually writing a show. Fringe is by far one of my favourite top five shows of all time. So yeah, I'm quite happy to see him back. And the fact that it's going to go to HBO, which means that they can pretty much do whatever they want. And it means that we'll yeah. end, it'll end up on Sky Atlantic. So we'll let you know when we find out more about it. But that's about all. Don't know when that's going to arrive because he has that small issue of making another Star Wars movie before. <laughs> that uh, that uh, just, sort of... just get Ryan Johnson away from the thing. Gosh, <laughs> just get him away. Put him in a room somewhere else. <laughs> but uh, I'm very happy to have him back on TV. And lastly, we've got news that they are making a show called Metropolis, which if you've right. seen Gotham, it's basically Gotham, but for Superman. Is essentially the idea, which, as some people point out, isn't that Smallville. No, no, it's not Smallville because Smallville <laughs> no. had Clark in it. So yeah, they're different um, names as well, aren't they? So. Yeah, and different names. So we don't know whether Clark's actually going to be in this because the idea is that it will be set in Metropolis and it'll actually focus on Lois Lane and Lex Luthor as oh. the two leads. Um, I think it's a pre-evil Lex Luthor, so he's sort of billionaire genius Lex Luthor, yeah. but possibly not completely evil Lex Luthor. And uh, Lois Lane is presumably at this point a junior reporter at the Daily oh, wait, Planet. Is this one going to cross over with Arrow? <laughs> no, no, it's going to be oh. on. Uh, it's going to be on DC's digital service. It's not directly involved with Arrow or any of those shows. So I think that's fairly safe that it's uh, it's not <laughs> going to be that. I can't even cross over with Gotham because Gotham's on um, Fox. So what what is what is answer me this? I don't know if you you know the answer to this particularly. With um, Batman, you have a. a a host of arguably very interesting characters in Commissioner Gordon and you know and there's the whole corruption in the police force is a very big theme in a lot of Batman movies what's this gonna what, what is this you know what, who's this gonna be you know we've well, got Lois Lane who's a reporter and then um, he was a Luther is a billionaire genius well yeah they're what's saying the, the the pitch line is they're going to be investigating the world of fringe science and exposing the city's dark and bizarre secrets. Um, right. I've got two questions. First of all, 
Does Metropolis have dark and bizarre secrets, or uh, does does that does it not have that? For purposes um, of this storytelling, yes, apparently I've, I've it never does. Heard of, I've never heard of because Gotham no. works because because there are criminals in Gotham because yeah. that's everybody knows that that's fine. Mm. But I'm, I'm not sure that I don't know. About yeah, that. no, I'm I'm slightly sort of I don't know. I mean, I I guess there must have been criminals in Metropolis, and there must have been these people around. You know, there were always criminals in Gotham as well. The only arguable one is the fact that Joker really shouldn't be showing up until Batman shows yes. up. Yeah, they, they have a few continuity things in Gotham, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they've completely thrown continuity out the window in <laughs> Gotham at this point. But... And also, how old must Lois Lane be? Because she hasn't met, presumably she hasn't met Superman yet, you know. No, no. So, obviously considerably older than Superman when Superman yeah. eventually shows up. So... How, how does Superman age, Dave? We don't know. Well, that, he, is, he... that is true. That is true. Although, we, yeah, we we don't actually know because he gets to a certain point and then stops aging, I guess. So. Yeah, it must do. Yeah. So, well, that sun keeps him young. Yes, yeah. So the, it's two executive producers from Gotham that are behind it. It's John Stevens and Danny Cannon. They're behind it. Stevens is writing it and serving as showrunner. DC has ordered a 13-episode first season, which is coming to this DC digital, why won't they name this streaming service, <laughs> which is the same place that's running Titans, the uh, which is the Belanti series that's running yeah. on there, which may cross over with Arrow. Uh, so, so, I just well, want more things to cross over with Arrow. <laughs> everything should cross over with Arrow. <laughs> so there's that we also don't know what's happening with that digital service yet still we don't know when it's going to land we don't know whether it's going to be worldwide or whether it's going to be us only so whether this would get sold on somewhere else so yes there's a lot of question marks about that whole thing yet but uh metropolis itself should land in uh next year so it looks like it's not arriving this year, it'll be next year. But it I'm will come sure. to that digital streaming service. I'm not sure DC has enough to be a good digital service. No, well, I mean, it does. It has enough DC shows, just they're all sold to other networks. Yeah, I don't know right. whether it has, unless they can get second run rights on everything, or they're going to start running, give it as a, as a place where you go to watch all the DC shows as catch-up things. Um, I mean, yeah. I, I'm, the back catalogue is going to be on there. So things like Adventures of Superman and or Lois and Clark, that sort of stuff is going to be on there. I wouldn't be surprised if the 60s Batman is on there as well. Yes. But yeah, I don't know. I mean, maybe throughout the years they've had enough shows to make enough content to dump on there, but... Maybe. I think I think you've got I think they they must have to rely on at least some of these shows have to be you can't see these shows anywhere else, right? Yeah, yeah. And yeah. then you've got other things that, that maybe you can see in other places, but maybe not soon or I don't know, something like yeah. that. Yeah, so, I mean, we'll have to see what the full lineup is. There is enough, I mean, there's going to be a lot of cartoon things in there, because you think of all the digital, you know, the cartoons yeah. and and one-off movies and things that they've made over the years. There's enough stuff there, probably, to, to keep it afloat, but... Yeah. They're not yeah. Disney, are they? Come on. No, quite. Although, I mean, Disney's got its own service coming as well, and that's yeah. going to have a bunch of, you know, Disney's got, of course, Marvel, Lucasfilm stuff, and its own Disney stuff. Oh, but imagine, imagine if they were the same price. You just have, what an awful misstep DC would make to make <laughs> it the same price. Yeah, yeah. So I, we'll we'll see what happens with that. And like I say, we still don't know whether it's going to be worldwide or whether it's going to be yeah. US only. That so we'll see. But that's one to keep an eye out for. Uh, so that's all the news for this week. Next up, we have the interview. <laughs> 
The interview this week is with Steve McNeil, Sam Pafillion, and Ellie Gibson, who are three of the four main people from Dara O'Brien's Go 8-Bit. Dara obviously not being one of them because he's far too important and too busy presenting everything else on TV right now. So we got a chance to sit down first of all with Steve and Sam, and then afterwards we had a separate interview with Ellie. So if you know about Go 8-Bit, it's basically a bunch of people playing video games with celebrities. They win points for winning their various games it's really good fun it's very very funny the opening episode this season is actually up on uh, uk tv play already it comes back onto dave tv uh, for its third season on the 12th of february at 10 p.m go and watch it it's hilarious it's such a fun show here's the interviews first off we talk with steve and sam who are actually the two people that developed the format in the first place so uh, we talk a bit about that and about the uh, opening episode of the show and a bunch of other things as well so uh, here's the interview with steve and sam we'll come back with the interview with ellie afterwards it's that time of the year your vacation is coming up you can already hear the beach waves feel the warm breeze relax and think about work you really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hi, Steve. Hi, Dave. How are you doing? I'm all right. Hello, Sam. Hi there. Hi, right, Sam. How you doing? I'm very well, thank you. I uh, love the show, and I'm really happy it's uh, back for a new series. I've been supporting it ever since it first came out. So, um, oh, thank you, thank yeah, it's it's a, such a fun show. It started at the Edinburgh Fringe, didn't it? It did. Well, yeah, that was that was where we started. So we, we've been doing sketch comedy 2010 through 2012, and then 2013 we were meant to be going up there doing another sketch show, but we'd. Um, we had a sitcom pilot script commissioned by the BBC and we spent a lot of time writing that so we hadn't actually written a new Edinburgh show. <laughs> so we thought rather than go and be rubbish we'd probably best not. But uh, the sitcom never happened by the way. No, no, that <laughs> absolutely did not happen. Uh, we, we, took, so we took long enough to write it that everybody had changed jobs at the BBC so it was no longer <laughs> in anyone's interest to make it career-wise or professionally Great, or yeah. anything. But um, never mind. Uh, but so uh, I'd had this idea that maybe we could go and do a thing where we got comedians drunk and play computer games at the Edinburgh Festival um, and we decided to work out what it might be. But when we decided we couldn't go and do the sketch show, I said that, um, you know, obviously we won't do that then. And Sam, to his credit, it's the only thing he's ever done, yeah. really. Um, but he said... Uh, good. I've done lots of things, but this is the only good thing. This is the only good thing he's ever done. Yes. It's the only good thing Sam's ever done. He said, no, let's go and do it anyway, just for fun. So we did. So we did uh, four nights over two weekends, yeah. early Saturday nights. Well, there and it um it sold out. We had an extra show. It it did far better than the sketch, the poorly attended, lukewarm, <laughs> critically received sketch shows that we've done for the last three years. So, yeah, we stuck with that. It was critically received. It, they were received. Oh, they were critically it. received. Yeah, yeah. By Christ. <laughs> yeah. So, so something slightly depressing about the comedy you work hard on not going as well as the two of you just rolling up with a gaming console. Very much so, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. That's terrifying. We find we find the the less time we try, the better it seems to go, which is uh, is not a good thing for a healthy, successful adult. <laughs> no, but, um, no, yeah, it's a, mm. oh dear. So yes, you you start at the Edinburgh Fringe Festival, then it gets onto TV and turns into Dara O'Brien's Go Eight Bit because Dara's Dara, and I suspect just walks through the television studios, going, "I think I'll present this," because that seems to be how he ends up presenting everything on TV. Well, I mean, that's that's what actually happened. Was Dara? Uh, no one had even. Approached him. He, we, we were having a meeting about Go 8-Bit at our production office and Dara literally, put, he's a big man, he just pushed through the front door of the production office, he walked into the room, I think we were having lunch, I think he was having lunch, yeah. was having prep, and uh, he, he got his, his penis out, slammed it on the table, roared, this is mine now, and then left. <laughs> and, that, and, that, and that was it. Um, which apparently is really not the wink. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah, uh, stargazing yeah. them. Yeah, yeah, no. I, I, that, that that sounds about right. That's that's kind of what I always envisioned was the way he got the jobs, you know. So because he got through, yeah, went through went through a stage of presenting have, everything. We do actually owe him a great debt because uh, he, he's the one person that you know when the channel were really interested in him presenting it, and we couldn't think of anyone better. No, and it, it was him that was in the meetings with the producers, sort of. You know, and when UK TV was sort of saying, yeah, but, you know, we won't be run out of games. It's him kind of going, there are millions of games. It's not going to be a problem. And <laughs> just sort of saying, does he force it over the line as much as possible? Yeah, yeah. So yeah. he said the same things that we were saying, but he was Dara O'Brien and we very much weren't. And so that allowed <laughs> those things to be listened to by people who were actually important in telling. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, uh, I, I can imagine. You now got, what, on the third series? I've, I've just watched the first episode because it's up on UK Play now and uh, really yeah. funny. The Greg Wallace well, and Jodie Kidd on, on that uh, episode, which was great because Greg's, Greg's definitely a proper gamer and Jodie's a gamer as well. So uh, you had... Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah, Total War, which is slightly unfair having Total War on there, given that Greg did an entire TV show based around Total War as well. He had, he had a slight advantage in that one. I, I've not seen the episodes yet, but I, I seem to remember I did all right in that. You, you, you did better than we thought. At one point, it looked like you were going to win it. If I could yeah. win it by sheer flu. Not because you did anything clever, but it looked like... I had the same thing with um, Football Manager. I won't tell you what the outcome was, but uh, I, I, I went far more rogue than Josh did. Yes, and, <laughs> and it was it, 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 everything on paper about my strategy. It's like you were all goalkeepers. It was ridiculous. <laughs> but on, we, we, like we did just a run of it backstage when I was trying things out, just learning how to play the game. And my t- this ridiculous team absolutely destroyed to the point that we, rather than the team ran it to go I think that's too stupid yeah. and then I started to do well and they were like you can't you can't do this well with the stupid that's yeah. entirely not the point of the game <laughs> yeah. yeah so it, it doesn't always go the way you think it will but that's that's the fun of, the, uh, of using the games I guess is you never know how it's going to play out yeah, yeah and someone like sort of, uh, and you do get people who are sort of you know although people do sort of complain and say oh these people aren't gamers they actually are but it doesn't mean they're necessarily going to do well at the time no <laughs> no quite, quite often you get you know, and someone like Greg, I mean, the Total War is slightly different because it's less reflex-based as well. Yes. But certainly when it comes to sort of games where people feel very comfortable and they're social playing it, yeah. you stick them in front of a 30-foot screen on TV and, all, and with, this, with you know, the obvious lag that comes with yeah, that yeah. amount of wires, and all of a sudden you're not that, you're not that hot anymore. Well, it's funny, <laughs> I, I get this thing because I've, I've started streaming, I mean, we're actually streaming on my Twitch channel this afternoon, that's, why that's one of the reasons Sam's here, but um, I've started streaming quite regularly and I play retro games on streams and sometimes people go, oh, I thought you were a big fan of this game. It's like, I was, but I've not played for 25 years. Yeah, so <laughs> I completed Fantasy World Dizzy when I was nine, but it doesn't mean when I go into it now it makes any sense. I've not given it any thought for television yeah. about how an egg solves puzzles. I mean, you certainly don't have that level of muscle memory. I just don't know. <laughs> I'm amazed you can walk. <laughs> yeah. 
You also so liking were... something doesn't mean you're good at it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. You also did Battlefield One on uh, this show as well, which was entertaining because the game kind of reboots halfway through, and because you're playing on a live server and more people joined you, which I thought was quite entertaining. And, and you get a sense of that, yeah. But I mean, that went on for ages in the studio, and it was. I mean, it was a shambles. And it, it, there was a lovely moment after we did it because I'm not that involved in sort of the setup and the games and things anymore. It's a bit more involved in series one, but I'm less involved in that side of things now. Yeah, um, we got into the battle and it was halfway through, and then people. People started appearing into the, <laughs> into the game. Oh, wait, why have we not got a private game? And so there'd been a miscommunication because the production team were going, well, no, you can't have a private lobby. Like, if you set up a lobby, you can make, you could not tell anyone, but people might stumble across it. Yeah. Um, so I sort of explained, well, yeah, but rather than actually going live, we can set up a local lobby and both put around in it before we actually make the game public. <laughs> so given we were just one-on-one, we could have absolutely just one-on-one wandered around the world and shot at each other without anybody else coming in. But yeah. somewhere we'd not joined it up. So instead, I think my team won that round because the internet played better for my team than Jody's team. Me and Jody <laughs> Yeah. None of the people playing knew that they were going, no. <laughs> so, so, so we effectively were both rubbish in an online game of Battlefield, which played out however it did. And then one of us was assigning points. It was, yeah. it was ridiculous. We did it turn out that we could have had a private server, but it cost like six quid. And just... Something like that. We had a lot of money on it, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, quite funny to think, if, you, if you're watching that episode a great bit and you play Battlefield 1 online, you're thinking, that's me. That's me. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's a highly entertaining. Well, actually, the argument is if we were going to do that, what we should have done is got a server, put a shout out to anybody who watches Great and gone, come to this server at 4 pm and you can be at the TV show. We could actually made a thing of it, but instead yeah. it was just randoms wandered in. Yes. Yeah. There was a lot to think of. People had other jobs to do rather than worry about that on the day. Yeah. <laughs> Fortunately, it came out very fun. Yeah, yeah, no, it's it's a really fun episode, that opening episode. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Yeah. A lot of people are, are sort of tend to find they make friends through online gaming because online gaming's become a much bigger thing now uh there's there's yeah. stats that says the average gamers like made three friends through gaming either playing together or in this sort of surrounding community and culture have either of you guys well obviously probably more steve than sab really but have you made friends sort of that have become real life friends in games yeah i mean i i definitely have i the the, the game that started to get me into that was minecraft because I, I played in right. solo on xbox 360 and then um Paul Foxroth, who's a great comedian, great improviser, he was also involved in the live guy at the shows back in the day. He was on um, a private Minecraft server with a bunch of other guys, and that was my sort of introduction. Minecraft's my favourite game now, and that, that was my introduction to like a multiplayer server. And there's a guy on there, Gareth Adams, who who sort of is peripherally around comedy stuff, um, he's, and he comes to a lot of my shows now. Um, but we know friends. I actually, the first night we ever did Wi-Fi was, I ended up sleeping in his house. I, I missed my train. Um, Jonathan <laughs> Munkhouse, who's talked to the lad shows, mm-hmm. he was on there. A few other guys as well. So definitely I've met that. But also now I run a Minecraft realm for um, Go 8-Bit fans. So some of them have actually either on Discord, there's like a little Discord Go 8-Bit group oh, cool. and there's a little community of people who've made friends in there and yeah. they come and met up at gigs together and they hang out on this realm online. So that's the nice thing particularly about Go 8-Bit is that we created this as two friends who wanted to be silly with other friends playing games and actually now it's got to the point where the TV show has this sort of hardcore following of people who are actually seeking out each other and becoming friends in real life and enjoying games together. It's, 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 it's a beautiful thing. All of them down the country. So it's not like, a, it's not like millions people but it's like you know it's 
good. It's a good couple. There's over 100 people in the Discord. Yeah, well, there's not. We've got. We've and got. We've got. Selena's over in Italy. One, one, one of the girls is over in Seattle. There's a guy in Australia. They all talk about each other. Yeah. And then the Discord group, they all talk about. They talk about personal things as well. And they, yeah, they all look after each other. It's lovely. It is. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, no, he's really nice. I, I mean, one of my uh, one of my good friends, I actually met in Star Wars Galaxies, which is always great because whenever anybody asks where did we yeah. meet, I can say Dunes of Tatooine, which is <laughs> which is fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, great for stories like that. I don't tend to play online as much as I used to, but uh, it is great for meeting people. So, do you have a a like go to game that uh, you play if you want to kind of de stress and relax a bit? Uh, yeah, I mean, I did. I it's sort of arranged it. Me and Sam, that if I enjoy something, I turn it into a job and ruin it. So <laughs> when, when I, I used to be a big fan of comedy when I was younger, and then I got into comedy and made that work and hard. And then when, when I wasn't, when I was spoiling that enough, I then realised that I could spoil video games by making it a job as well. So <laughs> I still love them, but they're, they're not relaxing the same way because even something like Minecraft, that's now it's a public server that I host for Go Eight Bit fans. Or yeah. if I'm playing an old game, I'm like I'm probably streaming me while I do it. Uh, or me and Sam are playing something on a TV show. So I've managed to make games a thing I do at work with with rules and constraints around it right but yeah Minecraft used to be the one that was always nice and you, like just zoning out in Minecraft with the, like the music on Minecraft's amazing so if you've got a sort of ambient soundtrack on it and you're just potting around just digging up dirt for three hours or building so it, it can be incredibly zen Minecraft yeah. is a thing to uh, drift out drift out to but um yeah yeah, Definitely. I mean, because I'm not complaining. I'm delighted that my job is playing computer games and being a prick. But um, <laughs> I, I, it's not, it, I now walk away from games when I finish work and go and do something else. I said, I'll probably, probably do the garden instead. Yeah. Do some weeding. Yeah. <laughs> I'll do a bit of weeding. Yeah, why not? Why not? Yeah. But yeah, yeah, but uh, Minecraft's definitely great. Just zone yeah. out for a bit. I'm uh, so I take it takes me about three and a half years to get anywhere through a game because <laughs> I don't really have a, a huge amount of time. But at the moment, I'm on Wolfenstein Two. I think I'm still probably <laughs> technically at the beginning. <laughs> well, I'm really enjoying it I like being able to shoot the stuff with the guns and you're playing it on nappy mode you're I'm playing it on yeah big baby rubbish game baby mode where, <laughs> the, where yeah the nuts aren't that bad <laughs> yeah yeah no I know the feeling I'm terrible at first person shooters so I I tend to like knock the really right down I'm much more interested in just getting through it no, so. I, like, I like I like the travelling through it because everything's yeah, yeah. so amazing now so in old games it used to be a, the levels were all fairly similar just in case of getting through them that was the challenge yeah. but now you know if you get through this you're going to be on a on a flying on a zeppelin and shooting robots like i want to get to that bit yeah and i don't want to have to keep doing this bit with some nazi with a robo arm or something that <laughs> he's going to keep catching out get him out of the way and, and the easiest mode presents just the barest of challenges yeah me, it's yeah, yeah, yeah 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 yeah, yeah. I, just, I don't understand what you know I'm there for the journey yeah, yeah. Not, not, not trying to turn pretty things yeah, I don't want to learn anything I don't want to no. challenge all right no absolutely I'm very much with you on that so last couple of questions because we cover a lot of TV shows on the site we always ask people these last two things so first one is what TV shows are you watching at the moment The Good Place just finished series two of that brilliant series yes it was really really good I, wor- I worry if it's kind of got the ability like uh, community and things has where it takes it's like it's got really fantastic humor, but could get a little bit sentimental. Parks directed that as well a little bit. Got yeah. A little bit too sentimental. Yeah. And I've just started watching Altered Carbon. And ah. That's quite weird at the moment. Yes, it is. I've just it's a brilliant, it, but brilliant series. I've actually I binged it over the weekend. So uh, very. Did you? Def- okay. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I'm, I actually I actually work with the guy who's one of the producers on it. Oh right. And um, you know when when you know. When, <laughs> 
not the point where I'm going to be an Alton Carman, that's nice, but uh, <laughs> the, the man is really muscular, Steve, isn't it? The main guy. Yeah, he's, too, he's got too much muscle. Yes. He was actually in, um, he was in House of Cards as well, wasn't he? Yes, yes, he was. Yeah. As the, uh, yeah, Joel, as Joel Kinnaman. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, he's really, he's a, very, he's a very sexy man. Well, his head's quite small, but his body's really large. Is his head small? He's a normal head, but his body's just so big. I don't know. His chest is really wide. It looks like a, like a car bonnet. It looks like a jag. It looks like a jag. Like it's a, a head coming out of a jag. Is that what carbon's short for in the title? <laughs> Maybe. Oh, Carbon it. Carbon it. Yeah. He's an awesome carb on it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's why he looks like that. There you go. <laughs> and uh, very you can last... turn that into a proper genetic. There's something in that. You can work out, you can have it. <laughs> yeah. uh, and the, uh, the last question if you had the opportunity to work on any TV show, past, present, or future, not the one you're on, obviously, which show would it be? Games Master, isn't it? It's got to be Games Master for me. Yes. Because that was, that was the one. When we, start, when we started out doing great bit, when it, when it was just a, um, the silly little thing at Edinburgh, the tagline for it was. Like games master in a cupboard drunk. That's the way we, that was how we put the people in the floor. So um, it's got to be games master. Yeah. Get, get Dara and Monica making Patrick. Uh, uh, what was his name? Patrick Moore. Patrick Moore. Yeah. Yes. Get yeah. Dara squint. Wear a model. It's, it's, it'd be lovely. Yeah. Never gonna happen. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah, it'll keep at it. I'd like to be in one of those sitcoms that runs for fifteen years. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. That'd be good. Okay. Okay. It's just like to be working. To be honest, I mean, <laughs> okay. you know, it's going doesn't get renewed. Fuck all on. So <laughs> literally anything. I'd like to do a peep show. I'd like to do anything. I'll do. I'll, I'll do a sitcom that runs for three episodes and gets canned. Oh yeah, I do that as well. <laughs> I'd bite your hand. <laughs> Dream. 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 That, 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 that is my dream. Uh, that, 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 that,
even Sam um, before they had a telly show because I went to see their stage show back when I was just a, a video games journalist. So I've, I've worked in video games in the industry for about, oh, I don't know, 17 years or something? Wow. 18 years. So um, I've been a journalist for a long time and I just went to see their show because I like comedy and I like games and I thought I'm going to see what it's all about. And I just loved it instantly and just thought, well, this is brilliant. This is, you know, this is the show because, you know, I grew up watching Games Master. Um, I wrote a big interview, uh, article about it, actually. I interviewed Dominic Diamond and all that. Right. And I love that sort of anarchic sense of humour and, you know, the whole the sort of turning games into a sport kind of thing, but also not taking it too seriously because video games are inherently silly, aren't they? I mean, they're just stupid. Yeah. So <laughs> I, just, I just thought... Oh, this show is just great. This is this has just captured how I feel about video games. So um, I sort of got chatting to them, and then I worked for this big website called Eurogamer, who run the big game show called EGX. Yes, um, yeah. which was old court at that time. Mm. So I basically put them together. And then got to work with Steve and Sam on some Go 8 bits oh, at EGX. So, um, yeah, so then that was my first little time working with them. And then obviously they got the TV show and that was all great. And they needed a games expert. And and there I was uh, <laughs> pretending to be an expert. So that was that. <laughs> it was good. Yeah, you've described it as being kind of like the dictionary corner of, uh, you know, the sort of countdown dictionary corner of Go 8-Bit, really. Yes. I mean, I'm not sure whether I'm the Vorderman or the Riley of uh, Go 8-Bit, but I'll take either. I think they're both they're both amazing role models, so I'd be more than happy with either. Yes. Um, but yeah. So as, as I mentioned, I, I spoke to uh, Sam and Steve earlier. One of the, uh, I, I asked them, what question do you want me to ask Ellie? And they said, what was your genuine first impression of Sam and Steve when you met them <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm trying to think now well definitely Steve was because I, I originally asked one of the other lads who worked on the show Richard I said who who invented this this is brilliant he said oh you want to talk to that guy and pointed me at Steve and uh, like yeah Steve was very organised and efficient and you know he was on it and Sam was well you know Sam was stopping around in the background wasn't he he was just Sam <laughs> so <laughs> yeah I mean I'm in a comedy double act myself right. so I sort of recognise that dynamic of one person one person being quite organised and sort of together my, my comedy partner would stay uptight and <laughs> one person and the other person being quite relaxed and easygoing or as I would say lazy and so you know yeah I, I definitely recognise parallels in our relationship yeah <laughs> I see. Yes, definitely. So <laughs> have you always been into gaming? I mean, as I say, you were a gaming journalist beforehand. Was it something you grew yeah. up doing? So Yeah, absolutely. Um uh, I loved games as a as a little girl. Um my friend Rosalind had an Amiga uh, <laughs> yes. and I used to go around there and we used to just spend hours playing Thundercats and Buggy Boys. Those were our go to games. <laughs> oh, New Zealand story. We used to love right. doing that. And yeah. then as I got older, after many, many years, I, I persuaded my parents to buy me a second-hand Amstrad CPC 464. <laughs> um, so that was that was pretty awesome. And yeah, and then my brother got a console and stuff. So yeah, it's just something I grew up with. And, and like people always say, I, I get asked that a lot, like, were you always into games? And sometimes people ask it in a way that sort of implies that because that's weird for a girl. Uh, and I yeah. didn't know it was weird, you know. I didn't know it was unusual or weird in any way until I sort of got a bit older. So yeah, I've always liked it. And then, and then when I was about... 
I, I finished university and I did I did an English degree at uni. Yeah. And but of course, everyone knows. Really, I did a degree in sitting around watching videos and playing Tomb Raider. <laughs> and uh, yes. you know, so I didn't really know what I was going to do with my life. And then I graduated and I saw this advert in the paper for a, like a copywriter at PlayStation. Yeah. Writing the manuals and stuff. Right. And miraculously, I applied for and got the job, <laughs> um, which just it just felt like Charlie being given the keys to the chocolate factory. I couldn't believe it. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah that was my first job in, in games. Awesome. Yes. And that was I, I started that job the week PlayStation 2 came out. That's how old I am. That's how long ago it was. So there you go. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I'm, I suspect we may be similar ages, given that I had an Amiga about the same age as you did by the sense of it. Oh, really? friend that, oh, yes. So I think we saw a similar kind of uh, gaming history. Yeah. Probably. Do you have a particular favourite kind of old game that you uh, reminisce about? Oh, I do. I mean, I will always have a soft spot for New Zealand story, you know. And <laughs> uh, the great thing about being a game journalist is I've got to meet lots of these people who have made these amazing things. So I think I met the New Zealand story guy. And I was recently, I've got a thing about an arcade game called Jambo Safari. Right, yes. Which is a um, great game where you have to go, you have to drive around the African savannah lassoing animals to <laughs> capture. Um, I'm not sure how morally sound it is, but it's a great game. Uh, and then I went and, and then I wrote, I've written about it a few times, but I wrote an article about finding one of these arcade machines on holiday in France in the summer. And just the other day, the creator of it tweeted me and said, Thank no you so much. Yeah, this Japanese guy saying thank you so much for writing about it. It was a bittersweet experience or something. But yes, it was one of my favourite games to work on. And now I'm still making games for Sega in Cardiff. <laughs> Why is in Cardiff? No, I don't know. I don't know. How random. But I'm seriously thinking of going to visit him. I might go and, go and have a chat. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you definitely should do. That's awesome. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I mean, they've been doing some surveys recently where it talks about gaming being a thing that helps people deal with mental health issues or concerns or will help them, you give them some sort of positive impact on your life. Would you, I mean, I suppose as somebody that's got a job in gaming, I guess that's one positive impact it's definitely had on your life. Yeah, and I think, I think you know, I say that video games are silly and I stand by that, but also there's such a wide range of games now, especially mm. compared to 20 or 30 years ago. And there are just like there are books and films for different moods there of course there are games for different sort of things so there are plenty of games where if you just want to you know drink six cans of lager and shoot some aliens I mean god there's plenty to choose from yeah. um, but there are also especially now more sort of thoughtful games and more um, there are games about mental health now you know yeah. which I think is brilliant there's a game called um, That Dragon Called Cancer which is obviously about oh, wow. a family going through the experience of cancer. And it's obviously a very serious, very heart-wrenching game. And I think the good thing is it's about recognising that there's room for all of that. You know, not yeah. every game has to be about shooting space monsters. Not every game has to make you cry. But isn't it great that we can we can choose from a range of them? And it, yeah, if it, if it helps people with mental health, obviously that's brilliant. Yeah. Um, yeah. I know that sometimes if I'm having a you know a bit of a stressful time or something, one of my favourite things is to is to play a time management game because they're absolutely mind numbing. They're totally pointless. They're sort of just sort <laughs> of you know rote sort of grinding. 
But sometimes I just want to switch my brain off a bit and be absorbed in something mindless. Yeah. And actually, I find that really therapeutic. So I can completely understand people who say, you know, that it's been a positive experience for their mental health to play games. Yeah, I get that too. I mean, I, I quite often use games as, you know, escapism and just sort of a way to sit back and relax and, you know, not have to worry about life too much you know and get lost in they, they're quite yeah. good for that sort of thing yeah sure so you've got the uh, new season coming out the I, i've watched the first episode because it's up on uh, uk tv play right now uh so yeah. that's the one with greg wallace and jody kidd yeah. which was brilliantly fun i and the 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 end game i won't give away what it is but the end game on that i thought was hilarious uh, oh good yeah i really really enjoyed that and uh, you had things like spy hunter you used on there as well which is an awesome <laughs> game yeah, that is definitely one of my favourite episodes. Wallace was—he was an absolute treat. Just yeah, a dream. Really yeah. good. What else have you got coming up this season? Can you remember what else, were the other people? Because I know you shot this quite a while ago, didn't you? Well, this is the thing, and we shot like two series almost back to back, and we shot like ten episodes of each in a week. So to be honest, it's a <laughs> bit of a blur. Uh, I can tell you, I can tell you, and um, possibly my in terms of moments involving me, which obviously is all I really care about. Yes, um, probably my favourite. <laughs> One of the proudest moments for me of the series, and indeed of my life, is coming up in this series. Right. It's where, um, I, I won't spoil it, but basically, we, they, were, they were playing Aladdin on the SNES. Oh, yes. Which was one of my favourite games. Yeah, love that I was game. actually, it was, it was the first game I actually completed from start to finish, I think. Right. So I love that game. So we play Aladdin at some point in Series 3, and I won't spoil it, I'll just say... I have to get involved. I get involved with the playing. And honestly, afterwards, I nearly wanted, I wanted to cry. It was one of the proudest moments of my gaming life and indeed my life. Next to the birth of my children, it was possibly the pinnacle of my life, of my 40 years. So that's all I'll say. You have to watch out for it. Right. I'm definitely looking forward to that. I will be definitely watching the rest of this series. A couple of final (laughs) questions that we we always ask people. What TV shows are you watching at the moment? I have just started the final season, which came out a few months ago, but I've been saving it up, of Black Sails. Have you heard of that? Yes, yes. I've I've seen some of it and I need to get back to watch it, but it's a show that I do want to binge my way through. Love that. Yeah, it's basically Game of Thrones with pirates, isn't it? Yes, yes, essentially. Yeah. Um, better than Game of Thrones. Yeah. Um, so I love that. I also watch, um, I'm also watching RuPaul's Drag Race All Stars, which has just started a new series off. So I yes. love that. And at the same time, I'm watching the new series of America's Next Top Model, which of course is a show that RuPaul's Drag Race is based on and parodies. Right. So okay. it's quite confusing <laughs> to be watching them simultaneously trying to work out what's a joke and what's just inherently ridiculous. Yes. But I'm enjoying, I'm enjoying those very much. I like a bit of, you know, sort of violent sexy drama and then I like a bit of silly frocks I would say that's my viewing habit <laughs> okay and I don't care who's wearing the frocks or whether they've got a penis that's absolutely fine <laughs> and uh, if you had the opportunity to work on any show past present or future which show would it be oh I mean I would have loved to have been on Games Master back in the day you know when it yes. was really rock and roll and they had you know Vinnie Jones turning up and just sort of playing Mario in an incredibly aggressive way. Uh, <laughs> I bet that was fun. But I think, you know, I can't complain because I think Go 8-Bit is the closest, yeah, uh, yeah. is as close as you could get now, isn't it? So definitely would have loved to work on that. These days, oh, I'd love, I'd love to work on 
drag race, to be honest. I'd love to be a judge on drag race. That's the ultimate dream. That's the ultimate goal. Yeah. Maybe you could get drag gaming of, you know, like a drag gaming show, possibly. Maybe that'll work. This is it. I think RuPaul should do it. Should do a gaming themed episode. Obviously, they'd all they'd all either have to dress as Lara Croft or Princess Peach because they're basically still the only women characters in game. There you but, go. You know, I, I come and judge it, and it'd be hilarious. <laughs> yes, yeah. I think that's a fantastic idea. Right, I shall look out for that great. at some point. <laughs> Maybe you can sort that out for me. That would be great. Thanks very much. All right. Well, thank you for taking a bit of time to talk through things. I shall uh, let you get back to your rest of your day. No worries. Take care. Cheers. So that was the interview with Ellie from Go 8 Bit. Go 8 Bit is back on Dave from the 12th of February at 10 pm. It's under Dara Breen's Go 8 Bit because, as we explained, Dara likes to put his name and various other things on everything. You can also catch the first episode right now, is already up on UK TV Play if you want to go and watch the first episode of season three. Let's move on to some highlights for next week on TV. So, highlights for next week. We've got a few new shows starting, few things coming back. Uh, there is a new series of Queer Eye coming this time to Netflix, which is the makeover show, which was uh, returning for the first time in 15 years. Wow. Um, I don't know whether you remember this the first no, time. No, actually, it rings a bell. How old would I it was, it was called it, the, the entire thing was called Queer Eye for the Straight Guy, but they've shortened it to Queer Eye on, right. on uh, Netflix. But uh, it's basically a bunch of uh, gay dudes who uh, are making over straight people's sort of look and home and life, essentially. So, it's a um, re- really fun show. Are they makeover people, men or women or both? I think they're all men. It could and be a mix now. I'm not sure, but I think are the all people guys. that they make over men or women or both men. I think okay, right. That's the idea. So yeah, but it's it was always quite a, a fun, entertaining kind of makeover show. So uh, that's coming on the seventh of February, and uh, that's coming to Netflix. We have the second season of Jamestown coming on the 9th of February to Sky One at nine pm. I have to say, I've only watched half the first season of this. It's one of those that I need to go back to. It's it probably needs to be the next thing that I watch <laughs> after after I've finished with Absentia. That I really should go back and binge the rest of this because uh, I did really enjoy it. It just fell away and other things got in the way. So it's one of those sort of shows. But uh, worth going to watch if you've not seen it. There is a show called The Bold Type, which is coming to Amazon Prime on the 9th of February as well. That is a comedy drama about three friends who work for Scarlet, which is a global women's magazine. Uh, had a few people tweet me online and saying uh, that they really enjoy this show because they've obviously seen it somewhere. Um, okay. But uh, I don't know. No, no more about it than that. Don't know whether it's any good or not you've got chicago med which is back for its second half of season three on universal channel that's on the 11th of february at 9 p.m collateral which is this bbc2 drama it's a four-part drama i think it's actually set over four days and it's a four-part drama explores the spiraling repercussions surrounding a fatal shooting of a pizza delivery man it stars carrie mulligan john sim billy piper and nicola walker that sounds Um, good yeah, I mean, just with that cast alone, I think yeah. it's definitely worth watching. 12th of February at 9pm, that is arriving. 
We've got season three of Dara Breen's Go 8-Bit. That's on the 12th of February at 10pm. I love that show. It's irreverent and silly, and uh, they put lots of classic games on there. It's yeah. really good fun, well worth going to watch. That's on Dave on the 12th of February at 10pm. And then we've got Shetland, which is back for its fourth season. I think it's been this has been like off-air for at least 18 months, if not two right. years. But uh, Shetland back for its fourth season on BBC One. That's on the 13th of February. February at 9pm. That's a murder mystery series set in Shetland. <laughs> so, no uh, way. <laughs> yeah, I know. Astonishing, right? <laughs> so, um, so yes, that's everything for this week, unless you've got anything else you want to put in. No, i just go and watch The Big Sick. I tell you what, I did watch. This is a this is a late entry that I remembered earlier. I watched The End of the Effing World, which was on Channel Channel 4, but is now on Netflix. It's really good. Yes, yeah. Well, it's on. I think it's on all four, the catch-up thing, and oh, it's also on Netflix as well. So you can get it on both. But uh, yes, Matt mentioned that last week. He said it's really Definitely good. I still go. haven't watched it yet, but yes, I do want to go and watch that. Soundtrack by Graham Coxon from Blur, I believe. Wow, what a, what a fantastic uh, little <laughs> tidbit there. Very yeah, good. so... Uh, I'm sure it's Graham Coxon that does it, but uh, yes, so worth definitely going to uh, to watch, I think, that, because everybody's been raving about how good that is. For us, if you want to find the latest news throughout the week and the latest updates, you can find us on geektown.co.uk. As always, if you want to get in touch with your questions and comments, email us on podcast at geektown.co.uk, leave your message on the website post, find us at Geektown on Twitter, on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash geektown, on YouTube at youtube.com forward slash geektown, on an Instagram. Instagram at Geektown UK. That's everything. We shall see you next week. Bye-bye. Bye bye. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.